What's up, guys? You're listening to the Just Jake Podcast, entitled, That's My Family? On this episode, I got to sit down with my brother-in-law, Johnny. He and I have become very close over the past few years, and he's definitely one of my closest friends. I was really excited to sit down with him because I knew he would deliver a bunch of great stories, and boy, did he did not disappoint me. Um, I, I really hope you guys enjoyed this. This is a really fun one for us to do. It's actually going to have to be released in two different parts because of how long it was. Um, so uh, this is part one. Uh, be on the lookout for part two, uh, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, man. So what's going on? Not a lot, man. I'm happy to be here. Thank Finally you. get to do this. Thank Been you. Putting Thank it off you. for a couple weeks. Um, life busy. <laughs> Craziness, right? Right. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm very excited to, to be here with you. Um, it's been, you know, you've been definitely one of my bigger supporters here with, with this podcast and been pushing me along the way and uh, encouraging me, and I truly, truly appreciate it, man. So I'm really excited to have you on as uh, one of my first few guests, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about you, that uh, about the stuff that I don't already know about you, which I feel like... I feel like I know a good bit about you, but I feel like I also know nothing about yeah, you. Yeah. But I think that's just your personality shining through. Yeah, I'm a very kind of reserved person. So, I mean, once I get to know people, you know, we tell stories, but there's a lot of stuff that I haven't really shared that I'm, I'm excited to get out there. And, and um, I am very proud of you for doing this. It's a cool thing you're doing. Um, you know, not enough people get to tell their stories and for the future just to kind of be remembered like even in trying to remember like preparing for this like the details you already forget right like trying to remember like i want to tell this story but like was it on this day how did it happen so it's cool and it's cool to get this in there and it's just going to be out there for whoever wants to take it in so i'm definitely excited see and, and the other thing for me too is sometimes i know the stories that these that the people i'm interviewing are going to tell me and but it's interesting to hear here on this kind of a platform where the person's a little uncomfortable but they're also giving giving everything they got with it and and you get to hear it from a different perspective that I've never heard it so like I'm really excited about like Nick and Brandon's episodes sure. that, with with my brothers sure. so because we shared a childhood but they have a much different perspective and outlook on what our childhood was than I do so I'm really excited to to get into more people and I'm, I'm going to try to get this ball rolling a little quicker yeah um, and I'm definitely going to name drop some of your listeners so there might be, <laughs> there might be some uh, there might be some heat that comes from this episode but um, all, all for the future of purposes if you expand this thing out we can hear some different perspectives on some of these stories so oh for sure oh for sure I, I'm, I'm excited so so let's let's get into it and, and, and let's hear about Johnny's story man so um, when and where were you born? Um, you know, who are your parents? That kind of stuff. We'll start there. Well, I'm the only son, only child of John and Pam Higgins. I was born in 1990. Just, Old. <laughs> just turned 31. Feel every bit of it. Um, in your knees, your back, your hips, shoulders. Every day. Every day is a struggle. Um, grew up, born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Like My story is pretty unique. Um, and the fact that, man, I've lived in two houses my entire life, both on the same street. Right I, across I, from each other. I, I, I literally moved across the street when I was about 19 years old, and I've been in that house ever since. Um, so as far as that goes, there's not, there's not a lot of story there. It's, it's, it was my childhood home, and then I moved into my grandmother's home. Um, and so what was it like not having any siblings? What was it like being the only child where all the focus from your parents can be on you? So it's a bit of a loaded question um, because it, it, the simple answer is I was an only child, um, but it's not that easy. It's not that simple because I, I had a, I have an aunt, didn't have an aunt, I have an aunt, um, Marcia, who you know. Right. Um, that my parents, just because of, of the circumstances of, of the, the industry my grandmother was in um, and, and having Marcy, my parents kind of raised her from a young age too. So she was around my childhood. So in that instance, like it didn't always feel like that. Of course, she's 
Um, sorry, Marcy, but a little bit older than me. Um, so she was there. So it was kind of like I had an older sibling. And even to this day, like when we introduce, like it's confusing as hell because, you know, that's my sister. She calls my dad, dad, but then my mom is her sister. So it's like, we're like backwoods Alabama stuff. Yeah. When, um, when the first time I heard her call your dad, dad, I was like, what? Yeah. 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 We, right. we got to draw pictures. Like we keep crayons on deck. <laughs> Like the family tree is a little confusing, but so in that aspect, I never, you know, I definitely was an only child, but I didn't always feel that way. And just in my parents, like they were so conducive, like to a, a healthy environment that there were stretches where I had like my friends living with me, um, probably on three or four different occasions, like from buddy to buddy, um, my house was kind of the house to be at and I would have people stay with me for like weeks on end. Like it, it wasn't abnormal in my childhood, especially as I got a little bit older for like a friend to, to be there for the summer. Like we would maybe stay at their house every now and then, but for the most part, like we were at my house, my parents were just open. Like they, 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 I think in hindsight, it's probably because like, where else would you want your kid to be? Like, we'll be open to a couple of other things. We might let your friends hang out because, like, I know you're safe at home. Right, you're here so, with yeah, us rather so than out in the street. They, they, were, they were real cool about letting people come over. Like, if it was between, like, hey, I want to go stay over there or can they come stay here? They would always be like, yeah, I'll just have them come stay over here. Like, we'll get dinner. We'll take care of everything. So it wasn't unusual for me to have, like I said, a buddy weeks on end just at my house. And... um for whatever the reason it might have been, um, every every aspect was a little bit different. Like some people lived in the neighborhood, some people, you know, I just grew up with. Um, but yeah, so I, I I was an only child, but I wasn't always the only child. Like right. it, it's it's kind of a, a unique circumstance. But so for for me growing up with you know I had three brothers, five sisters. You know, yeah. there there was never a a. It, it was rare that you get as for me it was rare to get a moment alone sure and so as an adult i treasure my moments the, like my moments where i get to be by myself right. and enjoy my my peace and quiet i truly truly love that sure so as a kid was it the opposite for you where you were like i'm always alone other than when you know i understand you had people over all the time and, and friends staying with you quite often and marcia and stuff but you know, in the times where they weren't there, I'm sure there was gaps in time where, you know, you were alone a lot. Were you envious of other other kids that you knew that, that had brothers and sisters? Were, did you ever, like, want and, and kind of hope for a, a little brother or a little sister to come around? It's tough. Like, not really. Like, and that might, that might just sound selfish, but, um, man, I just had a really good childhood. And I'm, I'm a, this is what we call in the industry a segue. Like, I, w I was so into, like, sports, like, from a very young age. When I say sports, I was into baseball. Um, so, again, it was just always kind of the same. Like, if I'm not home, I'm not hanging out with my friends. Because the other side of it is I kind of had, like, almost something cut from a Hollywood movie. Like, you don't see it, or at least from my perspective, like, I still live in the same neighborhood that I've always grown up in. We've already touched that, but like all of my really close friends were like at a, in a very close vicinity. Like, so a couple of my best friends, like it was two houses down, five houses down. Mm -hmm. Like, so like we wanted to see each other. Like it wasn't oh, you, like you walk outside, they're outside. Okay. Like go down the street. So just holler down the road. Yeah. Like it, hey. it's like you see in a movie, like all the kids live on the street and they grow up together. Like that was kind of what it is. And, um, and, and in that, like, so I met a bunch of people through the, the baseball field and, um, they became really good friends. So even though they weren't in the neighborhood per se, like they would be at the ballpark. So we spent numerous nights at the ballpark. Mm -hmm. So I was always around friends. So, you know, I never really felt that, at least remembering now, I never really felt, you know, felt like, like alone. Yeah. I, I just always had people around. That's for good. One reason I, I'm, I'm glad, you, I'm glad it worked out for you that mm. way. Cause, cause I know for a lot of only children, it, it it can be tough yeah. growing up by yeah, yourself yeah. and feeling alone. And, you know, you were lucky enough to have parents that wanted you to have people sure, around and sure, allowed you to yeah. have those friends. But, um, you know, so what kind of rules did your parents have for you, though? Like Rules? You, you said that they were, you know, pretty good parents and everything. So were, were they strict? Were they pretty lenient on you? Did you 
Was so, there any rules that were like, Mom, Dad, why why is this even a thing? Sure. I mean, you always feel that way. Right. Like, I true. don't care what the rules are. Like, you can have three rules. You're like, why do I have to have three rules? Why can't I only have two rules? <laughs> like, that's just the, that's the kid in you, even as a teenager. But no, my parents, they weren't very strict. Pat myself on the back a little bit. I also didn't give my parents a whole lot of strife. Mm-hmm. Like, from a very young age, like I said, I was in... Um, I was in sport. I was in baseball, t-ball, all the way through. And for the very early part of it, my dad was my coach. Mm. So, like, I saw how... I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw how people, like my friends and other people from the park, like, kind of revered him. Like, he was the he was the coach. He was, he was the adult figure. So, the respect that they gave him, generally just translated, well, that's my coach, so I'm going to respect him. And, of course, you know how it always is. Your, your father's always harder, you know, on you. Than, than he probably is on the other so but it was just like excellence was instilled in me from a, a young age like if you're gonna do something you're gonna do it all the way um so I mean most of my childhood and and just into it and I'm very thankful for it because I think team sport again specifically for me it was baseball but I'm a huge proponent of team sports because I think that does mold the character oh. of, of young people um, because it, it was what really my parents didn't have to discipline me a whole lot because I was responsible because I was accountable and those things I kind of learned from the baseball field like you have a job to do you do it and I, I learned a lot through that so as, as far as rules like I had like as a young kid I don't even remember but like as even getting into like a teenager into the high school years like I had a curfew that I had to, to follow, which I don't think was any different than whatever the curfew was. Like, it's the law. Like, be mm-hmm. home <laughs> before the cops bring you home. You know what I mean? So it wasn't anything far-fetched. Um, again, sure, like, because some of my other friends kind of ran a little bit more freer. I was like, why do I – what does it matter as long as I'm being safe? But in hindsight, I get it. And that was that was really it. Like, tell me where you're at at all times and and be home when I tell you to be home. Like, that, that was kind of the – the parameters of the rules so this question is more for me versus the listener because uh, I know your parents very well uh, have they always been the way they are where they are to me and from my perspective they are super fun uh, like I, your dad cracks me up all, with all his jokes your mom is super super sweet except for that one time we're at Marcy's house she knows what I'm talking about um, but outside of that one instance, your mom is one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met. Have they always yeah. given you that that yeah. persona and, yeah, 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 and yeah. shown you that? I, like that is, that is something that I cherish because, again, you talk about things that mold you. Like I, I appreciate my parents because the people that you, of course, they've they've grown. Don't get me wrong, but the people that you know today are the people I knew then. Like right. they they are a hundred percent authentic. Like this is what like. And that's how you present yourself. Yeah, and, too, that, and so. I try to do that. Like you, sure, everybody has a bad day, and you're going to be off sometimes. But more often than not, if you encounter me, you're going to encounter me as me. I'm not going to really try to put on for anybody. I'm not going to try to be anything that I'm not, because I'm not comfortable like that. I grew up in an environment that kind of fostered to me being comfortable, and it was because of that. It was just authenticity of this is who we are. This is what you can expect. Follow these couple rules and. everything's gonna be good so back to let's circle back to sports here was was baseball the only sport you played growing up yeah yeah Uh, i mean like 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 as far as like organized yeah organized sports sports. of course every kid plays yeah yeah, we were playing pickup games of football basketball basketball was never my forte but (laughs) oh i could set a good screen i can't shoot to save my life you think Um, you'd uh turn out like thompson girl (laughs) (laughs) if i tried now if i tried now i would um, but yeah, baseball as far as like organized, like from the time I was four years old up until I was twenty two years old. And I and I, I can still see that you still have a big passion oh, for baseball. Oh god, yes. Oh god, yeah. I have a big passion for sports in general, but yeah, baseball will always hold up. And of, of course your your parents were super supportive of baseball. Oh like, sure. Uh, oh, sure. Especially because your dad was yeah, a, a sure. coach at one point. I mean it was it was it was everything like you always say, and I don't, you know, not to call them out, but you always say, like, you, even as a parent, like, you sometimes want to try to live through your kids. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my dad did that to a certain extent, not in an unhealthy way, but, like, he wanted to see me succeed 
at baseball because he probably missed a couple opportunities uh, just by making some some choices he made in, in his younger years. So he he was very. If anything, my parents were probably like strict. So about like school, that was what that was up to have good grades. You know what I'm saying? So it was have good grades. And again, like if you're gonna do something, you do it all the way. And if you commit to something, you follow through with that commitment. So, like I ate, slept, drank baseball like my whole childhood, and I'm thankful for it because, like I said, I really do feel like it made me who I am today. So, in in sports, you know, typically, especially I feel like especially as a kid, at some point, when you play as much as you did as a kid, at some point you're gonna get injured. Was there ever, uh, is there an injury that stands out for you, or were you pretty, did you, you kind of scave by pretty well? Until the end. <laughs> until, until, the, until the end. Um, sure, there was, there was minor bumps and bruises along the way. But no broken bones? Or no anything? broken bones. I have, like, to this day I've had, uh, well, one diagnosed fractured finger, and that was in elementary school. We were playing football, my finger got jammed. And a substitute teacher decided he would yank it out. Mm. It was my pinky finger, left yeah, I hand. Think, I think I fractured my pinky. I and they put a cast index. on up to my elbow, like a soft cast. I had oh, a they... fractured pinky cast up to my elbow in the summer of like second or th- no, I'm talking about third grade. What? Yeah. They didn't do nothing. They Ridiculous. Gave me a, gave me a finger splint. I think <laughs> I might have fractured another finger later on. Yeah, it was a finger splint, uh, and I played. I, it was in high school. I was like, I can put my hand in my glove still. In, in what position did you play? Uh, so predominantly, I was a first baseman and a pitcher. So were you pitching when your finger was was messed up? I was playing first base. I was catching the ball in my glove with my two middle fingers taped together. Jeez. Yeah. That would. I don't remember if it was actually fractured or sprained. I, I only one fracture, and that was when I was real little. I don't. Other than the. The damn cast. I don't really remember <laughs> anything else about it. And I was like, man, you, you like, you dream. Like, you see all the kids that get cast on their writing hands and they can't do work, like, in school. Mm-hmm. My dumb ass, wrong hand. So I'm still able, <laughs> I got the cast and I'm working. So it was, like, blew, blew an opportunity is what it was. <laughs> so did you, well, did you have a job in high school at all? Or was it just, you're so focused on baseball that. Yeah, it was pretty much no keep your grades that. up and, um, Keep your grades up and, and try to see where this baseball thing is going to take you. So, by the time I was in high school, um, this is going to be a long answer to a short question. I was playing summer, fall, and spring. So it was year yeah. round. You're playing every one, like at one point. I think I was 16. My uncle got me a job, which was at Suncoast RV, <laughs> which I ended up coming back to after I was uh, graduated high school, and it's still basically where I work now. Talking about only living in two houses, only having two jobs. Um, so I did work at one point, um, briefly when I was like 16 and that was the only time I worked in high school. My parents pretty much told me like, you follow this baseball thing, you stay in school and we'll take care of everything else. Mm -hmm. And I kind of backtracked. I think I could have stayed at home longer, Mm -hmm. but what 19 year old doesn't want to be free? I had had the opportunity to do so in a way that... Yeah, in a way that, in my situation, kind of was helpful to the family. My grandma was getting to a point where she probably didn't need to be, even though it was across the street, she probably didn't need to be living by herself. She had taken a couple falls. Her health, well, it wasn't terrible. It was definitely to a point where it was just better for her to kind of be living in my house, my childhood home with my, my mom there, kind of to keep an eye on her. And it gave me the opportunity to move across the street, kind of take over the mortgage and you know, have something of your own. Yeah, and it, it seemed like a real good idea at the time, but again, that hindsight thing, I probably would have stayed home a little longer if oh, I could the, do it over again. I, I, I actually just told Cheyenne the other day that, you know, if if we could go back and do it again, it, just for the sake of, like, saving money, yeah. I would not have moved out when yeah, I moved sure. out. I would have stayed at home for at least a year or two and yeah. until we were ready to get married. Like, that, that would have been the better plan, but worked out like i wouldn't yeah. really go well, back of course and change i'm not going to change but... anything now but if i could give advice to anybody that has the opportunity to do that, because i'm sure my parents would have would have saw me through even through like college um and like being 19 going to i was a full-time student full-time employee still trying to play baseball when i could and like that part of my life like the the, the probably 1920 to like 22 23 until i got through 
Like, I was working 40 hours a week. I was going to class on my lunch break. I would, I, like, so I would work 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. And Monday through Thursday, I would have classes from 6 to 9. Mm. And then a couple classes sprinkled in through lunch breaks on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And See, that I, I feel like for... I think that's how it goes for a lot of, like, college-age kids. Like, I wasn't in college. I never went to college. But at from, like, 18 to 20... I, I I was working two jobs yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. seven days a week. I was busting my back like yeah. I, until I got the job with Comcast. The, like I was not steady with anything. Yeah, the the yeah, the college experience you see like on TV or that people tell you about all the part. Like I didn't go. To, I don't think a single part. <laughs> I don't even know if, where they would have been. <laughs> I, it was just like a zombie just walking from one point to another. So that was crazy. So let, let's go, let's circle back just sure. a little bit, back to high school. So going into your senior year, playing baseball, uh, going to Inglewood, um, you know, what was what was the plan for after high school? Were you planning on maybe going to college to play baseball? Yeah. Did that you was have, the dream, man. Did like, you have scouts looking at you, stuff like that? Or was it just kind of like a, uh, this is what I would like to happen? It was more of something that I would have wanted to have and I really didn't whether it was my own fault or the coach's fault or just not being on relatively good teams like even to this day I don't know what like Inglewood's reputation is now but it wasn't like people were knocking down the door to come see you I had opportunities to maybe go to like private school but it just wasn't me like I didn't I want to do stuff that I'm comfortable with and like, up until the time, like, I I truly, like, you talk to people, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I had aspirations. Like, I'm trying to take this thing all the way. Like, I was serious about it. Like, nobody, I'm not going to ever say that I was the most talented person in the world, but I worked my ass off. Would, I, I gave would, it everything I had. Would you say that you, if, if given the opportunity back then, do you think to go to college to play, let's say first base? I don't know yeah. which one you were better at, first yeah, base yeah. or pitcher, but... You know, if, 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 get, if given the opportunity back then to go play, uh, at maybe not even a D1 school, D2, yeah. D3 school. Well, that's what I was shooting think, for. Do you think you would have been successful there? I think I could have been. I had several tryouts, so that was one thing. I kind of had another person come into my life, um, a coach who kind of took me under his wing, who I couldn't stand at the time. But you talk about somebody that really tried to have an impact on a life in a short amount of time. That was this guy. And... Um, he got me a ton of tryouts, and that's kind of where I messed up. Like, I was pitching every day for a new college, trying to show what I had, and I just threw my arm out. Mm-hmm. Like, I had nothing left. I don't know even what's wrong with it to this day, but I know it's not right. So is that the injury you're, yeah. you were referring to Yeah, earlier? that kind of did me in. Like, I was on my way to a tryout. My parents were taking me, and I my, like, arm literally just, like, would not stop shaking. I'm like, I, don't, I can't do this anymore. And I finally went back uh, like a year later. And I was playing like American Legion ball. I still had a little bit left in me, but if I pitched, it was like I can't, I can't do anything for right. a couple days. Like my arm would just be. I, I so there's probably something wrong with my shoulder, but that that's not something I've had addressed. Uh, but yeah, sure. So I was going to community college after community college, just hoping for a chance to catch on. Like, I was going... Just around here, or... No, so I tried FCCJ. I was down in Tampa. I was down in um, Ocala, uh, Central Florida Community College. I was just trying to get on anywhere, but everybody kept saying the same thing. Like, what was kind of my strength became my weakness. I'm left-handed in athletics. I'm right-handed in everything else. Kind of weird. Um, But, so you kind of get pinholed. You're a pitcher... Or you're a first baseman, you can play the outfield, but you can't play middle infield. Well, my game resembled a middle infielder. Like, so everybody kept going, like, you're a hell of a first baseman, but you hit like a shortstop. Like, everybody wants the first baseman that hits 40 home runs. <laughs> like, I don't care how many times you strike out, just hit the ball over the fence, and that was never my game. Like, I tried to make it my game, and I just couldn't. I was a gap-to-gap guy. I'm going to get on base. I'm, I'm, I'm going to score, but I'm not going to be – the power hitter I just never was so it was kind of like a hindrance to me like if I could have played shortstop I probably would have went on were were you the guy that that would they would set you up to to get RBIs and stuff to 
get the, the I was more of a guy back. like which is and this is a good problem. Like I could I would hit early in the lineup, I could hit late in the lineup, I could hit cleanup, I could do it all. But my game more suited to like I'm gonna get a base hit, I'm gonna get on base, I'm gonna steal a base, and I'm gonna put you guys in a position to knock me in. Like so again, like you think your second baseman's your your short stops, like more of a speed guy. Even at my size, like I was one of the faster people on the team. Um, and it was really just training. Like I trained constantly, but it was just one of those things. Like everybody was even like, man, you, you're, you're a hell of a player, but you're just not what we're looking for. And it's like, you're 18 years old. Like, yeah, that's not what it's kind of came easy to me. That's my whole point. Like I grew up playing baseball and, and, and the rec ball scene and, and a little bit of travel ball along the way. Middle school, you know, I never faced, I never got cut. High school, never got cut. I was playing varsity when I was a freshman. Um, I played JV, but they, you know, they were, anytime like a a travel trip would come along or something, I would be tagging along. So it was like at that point, like I never really faced that rejection that people fear so much. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be over. And then all of a sudden, like all at once, it's like, you're not, you're not what we're looking for. You're not good enough. You're not good Mm -hmm. enough. And it's just like, that kind of stinks. And then before I knew it, it was just gone. Mm-hmm. It's just over. It's hard, man. It is, and but life it, it, goes on, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I my dream was to go into the military, and I mean, I got myself out of that. But you know, there there was a lot of like mixed feelings around that time. Like yeah. you know, I'm you know for the past four years, I've been saying I'm going in the military. I'm signed up, ready to go. Got a ship out date, and then. You know, a bunch of other stuff happens, and I get super discouraged really quickly. And I go, "What the heck am I doing with my life? This is not me. I don't, I don't want to go in it's the a, army and be an a combat engineer." Crisis. And no, 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 like sometimes I, I go, "Man, I should have went. I should have stuck with it. I, I'd have, you know, sure. a better financial situation." But at the end of the day, uh, I, I, I look at it as this just wasn't God's plan for me. For, God, for sure. God told me what I needed to do, and. That was that. Now, at the time, I was it hurt because it was discouraging to, to figure out that, oh, this isn't what I want to do. But, you know, it is what it is. So, um, I know that you, you enjoyed school, right? You, you were pretty good in school, good grades, that kind of stuff. <laughs> when I applied myself. Right. Yeah. But I think that's how, like, that's why you and Nick are a lot of the like, a lot yeah. of like to me. I wasn't, like, there were certain, sure, like, like. Some of the classes they try to put me in, especially in high school, I'm like, ah, but we're, I don't even understand what we're doing here. Like, I was in 11th grade in trigonometry, and I still don't know what I was doing there. Right. Like, I, I went from that, and they were like, senior year, you need to go into pre-calculus, calculus. I'm like, absolutely not. What are your options? <laughs> and they were like, well, you could do this probability and statistics class. I'm like, that sounds like gambling. Let's go to that. And, and that's what I did. Like, I just, like, I don't. I don't want to get on a, a soapbox here, but that's the one thing about the education system that I don't understand. Like, who the hell needs calculus? Like, sure, some people do, but if you're not going to do whatever it is that needs that, like, why am I here? <laughs> like, let me do some real life stuff. I don't think stuff. I ever took calculus. Like, whatever, dude. Like, algebra 2. I got Everybody's got to take algebra 2 or algebra, geometry. Like, when's the last time you used that stuff? It, it's kind of weird. So there were certain aspects, like, I kind of got to a point, like, if it interested me, like, hell, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll apply myself. I want to learn this stuff. But then there was other things, or if I knew I had to do it to go to the next thing, because I'm still in this head. Like, I got to make good grades. I'm going to play baseball. Mm-hmm. So, like, I knew what I had to do. Like, my senior year, I missed 45 days straight of woodshop and TV production, showed up to AP Environmental Science. I had an A in AP Environmental Science and failed all my electives. Once I found out the electives didn't affect your like weighted GPA for like bright future scholarships, I was like, well, I don't need to do any of that. <laughs> I'm good with that. I got all the credits I need. I just need to get this stuff out of the way so I can get to where I need to go. So I was a good student when I needed to be. Speak, speaking of, elect, uh, of electives, in, in high school, there's you know music band electives. So let me use that as a segue into yeah. you know what what got you into music. I know you're not that. <laughs> Not that at all. You, you play you play guitar. I play right? guitar. Do you play anything else? Oh uh, no. You you sing. Well, I don't know. Well, you do. I have vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, I have vocal cords. Most people disagree with the singing aspect of it. Um. So what? Got, what? My I guess my question is, what? What got you into music? Why did you pick guitar up to begin with? The culture. So 
Um, the other side of the baseball part of my life, a big part of my childhood was like the skateboarding mm-hmm. um, culture, if you would. I skateboarded up until I was probably like a freshman, sophomore. I was decent at it. Didn't really see a future in it. My friends were way better at it than I like I was. Like they were way more dedicated. Oh, let's go skate like downtown. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like I, I got hurt one too many times. Way more doing that than than doing anything else um but it was just like we loved music like it was all about like like skateboarders like kind of just transitioning to like punk punk rock right like love just music and i was like well i want to do that so it was like all kind of all at once like i got a guitar my other buddy got a bass my other buddy got drums like let's make a freaking band (laughs) and like i mean who doesn't want to be in a band but if that shit was as easy as people make it look when they're good at it, like it, I can play guitar, but even now, like I have trouble like playing in a band. Like it is a whole nother like level to yeah, keeping up with everybody. Yeah, else because like it's one thing to know what you're doing, but you gotta follow like or make sure you're still on time with them. Like you get off a half beat, now the drummer looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's looking <laughs> at you like, where are you at? It's so complicated. So we never really got far in that. Like we tried a few times. We we played. We made noise, but. But it always kind of stuck with me, and it's something I do love. So, so, needless to say, music was never something you considered as a potential oh, career. No. Oh God! I mean, in a in a very basic like, we're gonna make a hardcore band, and we're gonna you know play like Murray <laughs> Hill or something. I don't know if I ever got Murray Hill was the dream. Yeah, the <laughs> I don't know if like that was ever even close to a, to reality. Like, I I did know, like that's the crazy thing, like. I, I've grown up with, I had some really talented people around me, like, there were, and for reasons, you know, that we won't say, like, they didn't make it where they probably could have, but, I mean, I played with some, some really good athletes on the baseball field, I played, or I skated with some really, really good skateboarders, um, and I was around some really good musicians, and, you know, now I look around and we're all just doing like real life stuff that's like man there was probably some opportunity there if we would have maybe applied ourselves and but again keep going back to what life goes on i guess (laughs) and and here we are where we need to be so exactly speaking of where we need to be um well that was a bad segue let's be (laughs) honest um let me just go into the next question here um so you and my sister uh you know I, i i didn't at the time that y'all got together, I didn't really know who you were. I, I knew who you were, but didn't know who you were. Um, and, you know, kind of was left out of the loop, which me and Kayla growing up were really, really close. So back when you and her got together, you know, I didn't really know much about you. And yeah. it was at a time where me and Kayla weren't super, super close. Sure. Uh, probably at the time in our life where we were, we've been the uh, farthest away from, our, from yeah. each other. Um, so I, I don't know if I've ever asked you or Kayla, like, how did y'all meet? What is y'all's, like, so, baseline story? Baseline story goes to something like this. Um, her little sister, uh, going through her bout with cancer, kind of brought her family into our church. Mm-hmm. Um, really through my sister, Marcy, trying to just do what they could, take... Um, you know, meals throughout the week and stuff. And I really didn't know what was going on because at that time I was out doing my own thing. How, still chasing how old dreams. were you? God, I don't even know. Um, high school, maybe. Oh, you were yeah, still this in, before then. Oh, you yeah. were still in high school. Yeah, okay. I would think like when they first kind of started coming around. So okay. then they started coming to our church after that because the church had a good impact on them. So we kind of grew up around, but again, there is an age gap there. So it wasn't ever anything like that. Um, where it kind of took, I guess, the turn that led us to where we are now, um, again, came probably from, it probably came from one of my, my darkest times. Um, my grandma, uh, got real ill, got real sick, and here comes this girl who I, you know, I know, like, we kind of go to church together, but again... We're on two completely different paths. Way younger, not way younger, but younger. Than younger. <laughs> At this point, like I'm, that's not even an option. Not even something that crosses my mind. And she steps up to kind of be like my grandma's, my caretaker, my grandma's caretaker, um, through some of her worst times. And, and see what's what's 
I want to stop it right there. What's crazy about that is, again, I, I said this is where at, at the point in me and Kill's life where we were um, the farthest away from each other. We weren't close at all. We had, me and her had gone through a couple of things. So I had no idea up until about a year ago or so that she ever even did this. Yeah, so I think at this point, because she, I want to say she was going to college because she went like that I don't I don't know exactly how like the time frame works out like I said before we even started this I'm trying to come up with stories to tell like the details kind of become fuzzy after so long but it was kind of one of those things so like and I still wasn't even really like close to her um but it was it was one of those things where she was just stepped up I mean did amazing work trying to to do right by my grandmother, who I just cherished and adored with everything that I have. And um, it, it kind of became one of those things, like my family fell in love with her. And how could you not, right? Like, that that's, that's, well. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things, like, that's like angel sent stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you're not really part of this family. You don't owe us anything. We're not paying, like, for the, like, this is volunteer work. I, mean, I don't know if they did. I, I don't even really honestly know all the details, but it was kind of one of those things where my, my family kind of falls in love with her and like, well, you should like maybe, I'm like, no, like that. You felt like it was an inappropriate thing. Yeah, it, it was like, I'm I'm going this way, she's going that way. Like there is that gap. Like I I don't really, but, and it was just after a time, like kind of just wore down to it and it was hard not to admire like what she did for my family. Mm -hmm. Like seeing my grandma through one of the worst, like, just unpleasant stuff. Like getting too far into the details, and um, it just kind of all came from that. Like it was kind of pushed on me. Like, no, you should, like, you should give it an opportunity. I'm like, man, that, like y'all are crazy. And then finally, we just kind of started talking, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is the character of somebody that I can, I can see myself being with. And from there, it just one thing kind and, of led quickly to another and how old were you when you all officially got together um 22 23 so we're at that point in your life because that's still young especially for a man that's still young well that sounds bad um <laughs> especially for a, a guy who you know is a bachelor living on his own yeah like you know, most guys think are not thinking of long term yeah. stuff at that point. So was that something you was, was Kayla? Uh, did you look at her as an opportunity to like for something long term, or was it just something? I mean, like, I definitely thought it we'll had see, the potential. See where it and goes. That, well, and it was one of those things too. Like I was guarded, um, just from you know I'm not the most trusting person in the world. I, I have all my own issues to to bear and I'm not really big on letting people in you know people that get close to me like it doesn't typically happen overnight no um so I can speak to that yeah so <laughs> I uh just over time like sure like I didn't you know I even once we kind of started getting a little bit more serious like I, I don't having kids and marriage like I I wasn't much of a long-term thinker and I had pushed it off for a long time because I was just too incredibly busy like people make those excuses right. I've already kind of touched on like Oh, I just got too much going on. I can't really. I still say that to this day, and it's not true. But like then, <laughs> then it was true. Like I, I'm dead. Like so next time you say that to me, I'm yeah, it's be not like, true. You're lying. It's not. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> in bed. You don't want to put pants on. That's what it is. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> but it was. It was so. Yeah. It was. I don't know. I. I. I wasn't really, and I'm still not. Like you know, it probably drives you crazy more than anybody that, I, that I'm close with. Like I'm not a planner. No. I don't. I don't really think very far ahead. Um, so I'm kind of an in the moment guy, so it was just kind of taking one thing after another. Like I even kind of, I hesitated on even kind of making it because I don't know. Like I'm, I'm transitioning, so I went from you know high school student to college student. I finally clawed my way out of that. I graduated, and it was like, well, I don't know what's next. Like, am I going to become a teacher? That's what I went to school for. Am I going to stay with Camping World? So I'm still kind of filling out my own stuff. Like you said, relatively still a young man. Like I don't, I don't know. But after enough advice and, and pushing, I was like, well, we'll give it a shot. And thank God I did. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. So what, made, what, what prompted the decision for you to ask her to marry you? Obviously, you're in love. You, you, you feel like 
I mean, it was. You want to spend the rest of your yeah, life it with was, her, but it became, what was it about that time, that point in time, that made you want like this? It's time to do this now. Yeah, well, it just became. I don't. There was no like ultimatum or anything, but it was like one of those things. Like we need to, like kind of just like mutually agreed. Like this is going where it needs to go. Like we got to make that next step. Were y'all living together already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that. Sorry to. Just, no, 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 no. That like I when I said like one thing quickly led to another. Like that didn't take very long. Like we weren't together very long before she moved in. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, she was supposed I, to go to college and she ended up just coming to my my house. I don't know if that's common knowledge or not. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to cut that out of the podcast. But yeah, so we we've um, we've lived together most of the time we were together. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> It's kind of the opposite of what everybody kind of expects and, and pushes, especially from yeah, the church background. Same, same with me and Cheyenne. So, like, we, we moved in, and we lived together for a whole year before I, I ever asked her to, yeah. to marry me. So, um, I definitely feel like I, I felt some background pressure from everybody else, like my mom and, and grandparents and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, back then, I, I, whether they really meant to, to be pressure on me, I felt that pressure. So... Um, it wasn't ultimately what made me ask Shia to marry me when I did, but it was definitely, I think it was definitely a factor. So it, I can definitely understand, like, you know, so, we, we weren't, we were living together for a while, but, you know. Yeah, my, the only pressure that I really faced, and pressure is a bad word, um, was in our instance, um, for, you know, just being blessed right and opportunity kind of falling in your lap and and family heirlooms like there was a known ring in the situation right like there's no like excuse like well i'm saving up to get the ring like once i get the ring like no <laughs> you son of a gun you have the ring like, i know you have the ring so I just mean, we were do to- it yeah we were together i don't murdered for not knowing the timelines but sorry we had been together sorry, on my episode I, I yeah told, you completely I, butchered i'm not even gonna try yeah. so we were together for years um i do know that for sure and uh it was just that time you know it was that time and i'm sure you probably knowing you the way that i do you probably struggled with it way more than i did but you want it to be perfect yeah, so so that that you you kind of lean in straight into my next yeah. question of, of like, you know, do y'all have did you do like some very prophetic, uh, uh, proposal? Was it you know very romantic yeah. movie like? Like, it would have been like the rom com scene where the guy damn near faints and drops the ring into the river, like that. <laughs> that's more. I was. Um, I was a nervous wreck, not in the sense, like I didn't doubt what she was gonna say. I didn't, I didn't doubt like it was the right decision. So I wasn't nervous for any of those reasons. I, I was just nervous. I'm sure I don't know if every guy feels that way. Like you okay. know you're doing the right thing, and I'm, I guess not every guy because you see people get said no all the time, so it does happen. But I didn't fear that. But it was like, well, it's now the right time. Was well, now the right time? Well, here we are. Like, this seems like a good time. Well, there's people around. Like, I don't know these people. Because I don't even know if you... Like, we went to the Devil's Mill Hopper um, in Gainesville or outside of Gainesville. It's this really cool, like, I guess, state park, national... I guess it would be a state park if it's in Gainesville. I don't think the, don't think the nation cares. Um, but you go, like, down, like, these, like, stairs into this area, and you're just surrounded by, like, waterfall. Hmm. Like, not, like pouring down waterfall but just water like trickling down and there's some like little falls it's a beautiful place and we were just taking that in i'm like i got the ring in my pocket i was like well this seems like a good time and like we went all the way down i have bad knees (laughs) even at this point in my life so these stairs are killing me and like i'm thinking well we got to the bottom but then like the whole time we're at the bottom like there's people right there next to us that's weird it shouldn't be weird but that's weird like this is me and you right so finally we kind of get a moment like we're starting to like ascend back up like we get to the next platform i look around and this is the like it wasn't like overly busy but it was like one of those things like if there were like eight people in the whole thing six of them are standing next to us like at every (laughs) given time so finally we kind of get there I just look at her like she's looking out like over the guardrail. I grab the ring. I'm like fumbling with it. I like, get down on my knee and like she turns around. So 
uh, of course said yes immediately but it, it was I don't get nervous a whole lot that was just did, did you give a speech and everything no, just will you marry like, yeah like I mean we knew you right know what I mean right. so it, it was the theatrics was more about you know I, you want it to be perfect but what's left to be said you know you confess your love I want to be with you the rest of my life that's it that's all it really was well that's super fair I think to, yeah. to assume that you know, there, there was nothing wrong with you know you uh, you just saying will you marry me? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm terrified right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, you you're you there, there's a few people in my life. You, Cheyenne. There's a few others that are uh, more so introverted, especially like you're comfortable around the people you know, but out in public, I don't really like mess with people I don't that know. that would have been very hard for mm-hmm. for. I can understand how that would be very hard for someone. Who's more introverted? Like I did it. In yeah, front like of, I don't really want the movie, like the applause. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I did it in front of fifteen, twenty of my. Oh, that's probably an exaggeration. Ten to fifteen people of our my own family, and then there was some strangers around. Like I was super nervous. Like I was stumbling over my words. I wasn't afraid that you know. Does Jamie she, listen to this? Yes. Just so I you know, buddy, I haven't forgot you pulled that gun on me. <laughs> when, did you uh, go and ask permission? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he walked out with a gun. And I was like, well, that's what you're going to have to do. So I think I won him over a little bit that day. But yeah, yeah, I had not forgotten. Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> no, I, 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 so. With Cheyenne, I knew I, I, I never had a fear that she was gonna say no, right? Um, but uh, I, my question to her was like, did you see it coming? Yeah. So do you think Kayla no. saw it coming? Do you think you somehow caught her, caught her right? Like, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it, even recently, um, because everything like I don't I listened to y'all's episode, but like it was like everything kind of went right. Like I had got off work and I had like this window of time where I left work early so it wasn't like weird that I got home late or anything because we were living together where I was able to to go talk to her dad kind of get that set up with your mom to like make sure she got her nails done because god forbid so my mom did the same god forbid the nails aren't done okay we might say no if the nails aren't done (laughs) so and all that kind of like just works into place and it never like it was towards our anniversary, like that was an anniversary trip. Like let's get out of town. Um, See, Cheyenne, this place. my mom did the same thing for Cheyenne. We just talked about it the other day, and she said that, you know, she thought it was like just my mom. It was I, I proposed to Cheyenne right around Cheyenne's birthday, so she was like, oh, that's cool. Like your mom's taking me to go get my nails done, and you know, this is pretty cool. All right, I like this. And then bam, like I I proposed. Yeah. She never saw it coming. Which is great. So I, that, I think that's the best see, part about I, it. Like so beyond, beyond the parent. Like I don't know that anybody knew. I knew that you had asked permission. Okay, but I'm just saying, like I, I personally, from my point of view, mm-hmm. like me being introverted, reserved, whatever you want to call it, like I didn't even tell like the homies. <laughs> like I think I like, slipped up and told somebody at work. <laughs> Who's not going to go tell me? Well, yeah, God rest his soul. Um, like, yeah, there was no way that was going to get back, right? So I didn't even tell the circle. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I overheard my mom and Jane talking about it, and then I was like, what? I, I mean, I, I like, and if, I think if it was I like re- the if, same weekend that you came. Sure, I, if I remember right, like, I was in my head, you know, I'm not a planner, so like, <laughs> I like if I talked, if I talked to him on Thursday, it was Saturday. It was that close. So, it was, like, when I say, like, the nails had to get, like, it was, like, I'm, maybe it was, I don't know. It was, like, weekday, enough room to get this stuff kind of taken care of, and we're going out of town Saturday or Sunday, whatever it was. So, yeah, it was, <laughs> I did, I, it doesn't matter, I don't know, but you don't want it to get out. Like, you, right. this the surprise, but then, like, it's just a lot. Like, I don't know why it's such, like, a, a burden, because it really is, like, the best thing you've ever done. Like, you know it's the right decision. It, it's intimidating, too, to, to ask the Well, the I can't girl, imagine, girl, like, y'all circumstance, like, and I got to be a part of that. Like, asking the girl you 
uh, that you love asking her father. Yeah. Well, that's to, another thing. Yeah. Like that. That part alone is, is so intimidating. When it was so like, scary. It was like uh, it was bad too because like I had I got her like his number from Kayla because she knew eventually like she, mm-hmm. that was that was the line in the sand. Like I didn't have to ask the whole family. <laughs> I had to ask her dad, and I, I would have anyway. But that was something I had to do. So, um, I text him when I'm leaving work, like, hey, I need to come talk to you about something. And I'm, you know, I'm introverted. Like, I'm, I'm reserved. He, he already knows. He is just with Hold on. Text. Hold on. <laughs> so, like, it's not for me. Like, I'm not going to call. I only like talking on the phone, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to call. I don't want to bother you because I don't really know what you got going on. So, I send a text message. He never responds. <laughs> He's on a weird shift at work. Like, He's sleeping. So in all of this stuff, like I just show up at the house, knock on the door. I think Jimmy was there. Your mom was there. And uh, is this on Rex? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm okay. like looking at your mom. Like, uh, Jamie here. <laughs> like I'm nervous. I'm more probably nervous about this than anything. I'm like, I need. She's like, well, he's sleeping or whatever. Like I, I need, and she knew like immediately. Like, yeah, yeah, let me go get him. Let me go get him. Hold on. And that's why so he comes out with the gun, right? So it was all like, he didn't leave to go get it. He came out with it. And so he didn't know, like, once it all was kind of happening. But I, I'm a nervous wreck. Like, I, I sent the text. What? If, my question is, what if you weren't there to propose? <laughs> he comes out with the gun. There was no, there was no other reason for me to be there. But yeah, that, that's that would be hilarious. And the off chance you yeah, wanted to tell him yeah. something crazy. Hey, can you help me? <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been hilarious. But yeah, it was it was fairly obvious. I think the look on my face, like when the door opened, like that was pale. Yeah, it was the tell. <laughs> they could probably tell the story a little bit better, but not that they need to. It's not that important. But like so, yeah, like uh, that was that was nerve wracking in itself. And I, but I so I send the text message, like no response. Like I send it when I leave work. I twenty minute drive every day, twenty five minute drive. Getting towards like the neighborhood, like okay, he hasn't texted back. I'm not gonna text again. Like I circle around, like he'll text me back. <laughs> ah, like I, I gotta do it now because we're go- we've already planned that we're going out of town. Like I planned that part first, so I was trying to work the rest of the stuff in. So it was like, well, I'm just gonna show up and like whatever happens happens. Like I like, thank God he was home. Like I don't even know what would happen <laughs> right. if he wasn't home. Like hey, can you call him? Or I got- so it's just funny how that stuff works out. Well, uh, so th- this is what we're going to do, man, uh, and for our listeners here. We're going to stop it here, and we're going to pick up uh, on part two, right right at this part right here. Uh, so my, my very next question, we'll jump right into it uh, in the next episode. So um, you guys just keep listening. Check out uh, episode two, uh, and uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>